today we are going to dive into probably some, some books of the Bible. Some of you may have probably never heard of or heard a sermon from. I can tell you I am going to confess before you. I was announced to announce my calling to preach when I was 14 years old. And ladies and gentlemen, that was a long time ago. I have never preached a sermon from the book of Hosea. I've never used a reference from the book of Amos. But today, we are. God has laid this message on my heart. I've struggled all week on what to preach about. And early this morning, I finally gave in and said, Fine, I'll preach on that. <laughs> oh, Miss Nancy, if only I had done that earlier in the week. I'd have had a peaceful, more peaceful week. But today, I want to remind you what Buddy read earlier. Verse 2 of chapter 117 says, For His loving kindness is great toward us, and the truth of the Lord is everlasting. And it finishes with the words, Praise the Lord! Exclamation point. My question to you is, do we really believe that? Do we really want to believe that? That His truth is everlasting, transcends time, transcends place, ethnicity, transcends history. And if that is the case and we truly believe it, then I want you to hold on to it. We're going to be in the book of Hosea today. Hosea is one of the earlier prophets who actually began to, to, to prophesy after the, the kingdom of Israel was split. Hey, there are divisions in the Bible because there are people in the Bible. People are not perfect that are in Scripture. We find that there was a division of Israel. There was a northern kingdom and a southern kingdom. And the two did not always get along. The northern kingdom was an absolute mess. Let me tell you what the northern kingdom was like. They had trade routes running through the northern kingdom. They had this, this wonderful economy with all the nations around them. It was a place that seemed to be successful, and it was a nice place to be because you could just be whoever you wanted to be. You could worship Baal. You could worship whoever you wanted to worship. They were open to whatever in the northern kingdom. It was the kind of place that you would go, wow, that is a place of prosperity. That is a place of blessing. Who wouldn't want to go to the northern kingdom? The southern kingdom did not have the trade routes running through it, did not have the commerce coming through it. It was a little more isolated. But this northern kingdom seemed to be the kind of place you would describe America as. Now, I want to make sure right up front you understand, I am not preaching a sermon today telling you that I have identified the United States of America in Scripture. What I'm going to, to do today is show you the human condition and the human heart of who we are, and you just may conclude that this was written yesterday rather than hundreds of years ago, centuries ago. We're going to be in Hosea today to begin with, in Hosea chapter 4. Hosea chapter 4, verse 1 says this, Listen to the word of the Lord. Ladies and gentlemen, quite possibly the most important 
words that this nation, our culture, and our society should hear today. Listen to the word of the Lord. O sons of Israel, for the Lord has a case against the inhabitants of the land. Because there is no faithfulness or kindness or knowledge of God in the land. There is swearing, deception, murder, stealing, and adultery. They employ violence so that bloodshed follows bloodshed. Therefore the land mourns, and everyone who lives in it languishes, along with the beasts of the field and the birds of the sky, and also the fish of the sea disappear. Father, as we dive into your word today, may you open our hearts to listen. May we listen to the word of the Lord. For you are a God of loving kindness. Your truth is everlasting. And what you have for us is important for us to hear. Lord, I listen to the wailing that's coming from in the back. And God, it reminds me of how we should be wailing because of the condition of our society and our culture. Lord, if only we would cry out like that child to you and listen to your word. Would we see a change in our culture and our society and people be transformed, but yet we are complacent to accept the comfortableness of our own personal lives and ignore what's happening around us. So God, move in our hearts right now. Lord, make us attentive. Make us aware. Make us alert. To your word in Jesus' name. Amen. How do we address the culture and the the society that we're in? Would anybody in this room agree that we live in a society that seems to be a mess? Anybody else believe that our society is an absolute mess? How many of you have heard just this week of somebody being shot and killed? Anybody here heard of anybody committed suicide this week? Anybody hear about things being stolen, deception? Anybody here, have you heard about the mess that's going on in our culture? If you have not... Here's your challenge. Turn the TV on for one hour and watch the news. I know some of you young people, those who are younger than me, you do not, when I say what I'm about to say, I know what you're thinking because I used to be young like you. Really, I was. But when somebody with gray hair would say what I'm about to say, I'd go, yeah, 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 whatever. I have never in my lifetime seen our society so messed up. And 
it breaks my heart. Because as I've been pouring through Scripture, there is some truths that I have found that I have got to declare to you today. The first one is this, know this. That a society that's in chaos is a society without God. A society where God has been removed is a society that will be in chaos. You can write it down, take it to the bank, because this is not my conclusion. It's not come from research. I don't work at some institution where I have made all this, these surveys and checked with people. and I, I, It comes straight from Scripture. A society without God is a society filled with chaos. God has been removed from our schools, from our government, from our culture, our our communities, our homes. It is a bad thing to talk about Jesus anymore. Let me declare to you as your pastor, I'm not backing down. Jesus Christ is the hope of the world. The problem in our schools is not drugs. The problems in our schools is not suicide. The problems in our schools is teenagers who are pushed away from the name of Jesus Christ, the only hope of the world. We have a society falling apart because this society has turned away from God. We Look, it's not new. I got good news for you. This isn't the first time it's happened. This is in the book of Hosea, chapter 4. Look with me again. Verse number 1. Listen to the word of the Lord, O sons of Israel. For the Lord has a case against the inhabitants of the land, because there is no faithfulness and or kindness. When's the last time somebody let you drive through a parking lot and they would stop their car and let you go by? How about when you're in the store and they go, after you. Kindness is disappearing from our society. And you want to know what it is? It's the removal of God from our lives. It's not the government's fault. It's you and I. It is the church. It is the believers of Jesus Christ that has stood by and let Jesus get removed from everything. And now we see the results of it. When we look at our culture and we see things like this, Swearing, deception, murder, stealing, adultery, violence, bloodshed following bloodshed. Our, our nature, our, 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 our weather, our world, there's droughts and all these things. It's not global warming, it's sin, ladies and gentlemen. And there is a result in the nature when God's people and the people that God has created does not follow Him. You want to know why? Because God is saying, listen, I am a God of loving kindness and mercy. I want to give you grace. Would you please listen? Would you return and come back to me? But we keep saying we don't want God. We don't want the Bible. It's archaic. It's old. Or some of us says, you know what? I got Jesus and I got the Bible. And I'm going to keep it to myself. I'm okay. When I die, I'll go to heaven. And I'll be out of this ridiculous, crazy world. Please don't get mad. There's a problem with both of those thinkings. They both are used by the enemy to create the culture we have. 
if we ignore God, it creates chaos. When we keep God in our own selfish desires only to ourselves, it creates chaos. And we live in a culture, in a society filled with chaos. Because God has been removed from it. And the second thing, you can write this down. Take it to the bank. It's in Scripture. This isn't my opinion. You can find it in the Bible. A society in chaos is a society in need of a Savior. We do not need a different congressman or a different president. That will not solve the problem in our culture. Nor will different laws. Nor will a different kind of church service. There is one and only one answer to the problem of the chaos we see around us, we hear about, that we experience when we go to the store. And that only solution is Jesus Christ who left heaven, came to earth, died on a cross for our sins, and rose from the grave. That's the only solution. doesn't matter if you vote Republican, Democrat, or Libertarian. Whether you vote or you don't vote, that will not solve the problem of sin. Only Jesus solves that problem. If we were only made aware of what's happening in our own community, it should drive us to weeping and to our knees. But we have grown cold. Or we are ignorant to the chaos. There are murders, suicides, overdoses, homelessness, mental illness. All these things are going on right around us. But we live in our cozy little warm or cool homes, driving our cars unaware. The Bible declares in Hosea chapter 4, when God is removed from a society, chaos does result. And when you see this chaos, understand that the judgment of God has already come because he stepped back with his hand. And he's simply going, I'm not going to make you, but I'm going to keep trying to get your attention. Look at what's happening in nature and the world. You need to pay attention. I am declaring to you, I am God, and I alone am God. And if you don't return to me, judgment is coming. God is a God of love, of victory, and judgment, and wrath. Any God short of that is not the God of the Bible. Jesus came first as the Lamb of God. The second time He comes, He comes as the judge, as the warrior. He is coming the second time. There will be no offers of grace because that grace period will have ended. Ladies and gentlemen, the need is urgent. You want our society to be different? It begins and it starts with J-E-S-U-S. With Jesus. Hosea chapter 6. Come let us return to the Lord. For he has torn us. But he will heal us. He has wounded us. But he will bandage us. He will revive us after two days. He will raise up 
us up on the third day that we may live before him. Ladies and gentlemen, our God is a God of mercy and loving kindness and grace. He wants to raise us up. He wants there to be a difference in our life and in the lives of those in our society and our culture. But when God has been removed, we should not be surprised at what we see on TV. The Bible also declares in Amos chapter, chapter number 4, I believe, that there is this difficulty that takes place. And there is more unrest and oppression and the truth is perverted in Amos chapter 3, verses 9 and 10. The truth has been perverted to declare that, well, what you think is true is not really true. Verse 9 says, Proclaim on the citadels in Ashdod and on the citadels in the land of Egypt and say, Assemble yourselves on the mountains of Samaria and see the great tumults within her and the oppressions in her midst. But they do not know how to do what is right, declares the Lord. Those who hoard up violence and devastation in their citadels. There is a declaration Amos is telling these people, saying, You gather these people and have them stand and look and examine, and you know what they're going to see? A group of people that don't even know how to do right. They're not going to know truth from error. Hosea chapter 4 said three things at the very beginning of chapter 4. Did you catch it? I hadn't even touched on one yet on purpose. Listen, Hosea chapter 4. Listen to the word of the Lord, O sons of Israel. For the Lord has a case against the inhabitants of the land because there is no faithfulness or kindness. Or, what's your translation say? Knowledge of God. Knowledge of God. Amos, it says they don't even know what to, they don't even know how to do right. Because they think what is right is right in their own eyes. That's the society we live in. But do not miss the fact that a society in chaos is ripe for the solution. They are searching, they are seeking, they're trying to figure it out, and there are people just waiting and looking to hear for the solution, and that solution and that Savior is Jesus. Romans chapter 3, verse 23. Some of you can quote it. Some of you know it. Some of you do not. But I'm going to read it. Romans chapter 3, verse 23 says, For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. The last song we sang was about giving God glory and glorifying Him. We have fallen short in that. Our society has. They don't even realize it because they've become their own God. They've created their own idols. They've, they've created their own things to worship. But let's not stop at verse 23 today. For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, being justified as a gift by His grace through the redemption which is in Christ Jesus. There's the solution. 
Verse 23 is the problem. Verse 24 is the solution. We all have fallen short. Our society is in a mess because God's been removed from it. But the solution is redemption and justification through Jesus Christ. There's a lot of options given out there. A lot of options. Some have chosen, drug, cho chosen drugs as their solution. Some have chosen alcohol. Some refuse to even make a choice. And they just try to live the best they can with what they've been given. Some have chosen, chosen other religions. Some have chosen yoga or New Age and Zen. Ladies and gentlemen, I am here to declare to you, none of those will give you the life that Jesus offers through his sacrifice on the cross. It is a gift by his grace, not that you deserve it, not that any of us have earned it. It's through the redemption which is in Christ Jesus. Verse 25, whom God displayed public, publicly as a propitiation in his blood through faith. This was to demonstrate his righteousness. Uh-oh. Do you realize what that just said? It's not about you. And it's not about me. God did what he did to demonstrate his righteousness. His justice. But then offer to us that gift whom God displayed publicly as a propitiation in his blood through faith. This was to demonstrate his righteousness because in the forbearance of God, he passed over the sins previously committed for the demonstration, I say, of his righteousness at the present time so that he would be just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. come to you today to declare to you you already know this I don't even have to make a list but our society is in chaos and it's a mess it is a revelation that God's been removed the one true God Yahweh and Jesus Christ the only solution for what we see around us is Jesus it's Jesus we will not see our society change. It doesn't matter what gun laws they put into place. It doesn't matter what, what cameras they put up. When sin resides in the heart of man, they will act on what resides in their heart. So if Christ resides in their heart, then there is a better opportunity for them to act like Christ. See, those of us who belong to Jesus... There's something that drives us to kindness, to love. Yes, it does, doesn't it? Even for some that don't, aren't naturally kind or loving, you didn't grow up that way, once Jesus comes inside, something happens and you start being kind, you start being nice, you start being loving, and you find yourself going, boy, I sure would like to tell them what I think, but I'm not. It's because... Christ and His Word begins to direct us differently. That's what our culture needs. They need a Savior. 
So here's what I want you to really think about. How do you deal with this today? Hosea reveals that a culture without God is a culture of chaos and violence, and, our, and the nature is messed up. Amos uh, says the same thing, saying that they don't even know truth. They don't know what's right. So the very first thing to do with this is this. We don't go down to the state capitol. It's not done on the street corner. It's done within your own heart. First and foremost, you must be justified by grace and redeemed by Jesus. It's got to start there. It starts in the circle that you draw on the ground and step into. That's where it begins. The change in our society and in our culture begins within a circle you step in that is only about 18 inches in diameter. That's where it begins. And it must begin in who you belong to. You must be justified by grace through faith and redeemed by Jesus Christ. Because if you're not, then you're not going to get the second one. You're not going to even want to do it. You're not even going to be able to explain it. You're going to walk away from it and say, well, he's lost his mind. But if you understand the first one and you receive Christ as your Savior, then there is hope. Man, look at somebody and say, there's hope. There's hope because we have Jesus who has justified us and redeemed us. And the hope for our culture comes in the second one. We tell others about Jesus. Oh, now, Pastor, now you're going to meddling. I don't want to do that. I'm comfortable with where I am. Could it be doing it your way has got us where we are right now in our society? Could it be by us not sharing our faith and talking about Jesus, by being afraid to invite people to church or pray with them? Man, okay, nobody, do not get upset with me. Last night we stopped to get something to eat at a restaurant. And that place served alcohol. They had a live band there. You know what? Some of you have been to places that serve alcohol. So don't judge me as the pastor that we stopped to get something to eat. I was drinking water. Everybody I was with was drinking water or Cokes or something like that. But the man across from me, he asks the waitress a question. Just out of the blue. He said, ma'am, can I ask a question? Yes, sure. If you knew for certain God would answer a prayer in your life, what would that prayer be? I sat there and went, oh, snap, I should have done that. That was good. Oftentimes when I'm out with Buddy, we will ask, say, hey, we're about to pray. Can we pray something for you? Can we pray for you? And that opens up all kinds of conversations. It was really funny, a couple of weeks ago, we were at IHOP, and we're sitting there, and Buddy asks the question, says, hey, we're about to pray, can we pray for you? Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, do you have a church or anything? He, he follows that up with, well, I used to go to Chicopee, Clyde Self was a pastor over there, and I'm sitting right next to Buddy, she doesn't even realize it's me, and I'm sitting here going, this is funny, she don't know it's me, I'm sitting right here. She had come for a while. That was pre-beard, by the way, so I, you know, I'm in disguise. 
But simple questions like that, you never know how it's going to turn somebody's mind and their heart. Simply saying, hey, you know, I don't have all the answers. But why don't you come to church with me? Things are tough in your life. I don't know. I can't answer your questions. But can I pray for you? What would you like to see God do in your life? Those things like that will begin to plant and to work. We as born-again believers have kept our faith silent too long, and we cannot be surprised by the results. If Jesus is the hope of the world, then we need to be sharing the hope. If someone in this room had the cure for cancer and you knew it would eradicate cancer, let me tell you something. We would all look at you if you did not share it in a very negative way, wouldn't we? You may be shunned, pushed away, discarded, and none of those would be Christian things to do. But it would be that human condition within us. You have the cure for cancer and you're not telling anybody. Ladies and gentlemen, we have a cure for the real issue in our culture and that is sin and that is Jesus. We need to be telling people. See, the culture in Hosea and Amos' day had decided we don't need God. He don't need to be at the forefront. He don't have to be the one that we focus everything on. I mean, there's all these other gods and all these other ways. See, sin is taken lightly because God is taken lightly. People don't fear God because they love sin too much. And the only solution is Jesus. Sin is horrific because of God, not because of our opinions of it. Sin leads to death because of God and what He's declared about it, not because the church says so. The Bible declares the wages of sin, the payment for sin, is death. And we see our society and culture in the throes of death. To understand the sinfulness of man, we must understand the holiness of God. Paul Washer said this, Paul Washer said, You and I are only whole when we see God above ourselves and we worship and serve God rather than our own puny purposes. It has to be first and foremost about God above all things. Let me tell you, the most terrifying and frightening truth that thinking man can ever hear. Are you ready? You may want to write this down. This is the most terrifying and frightening truth thinking man will ever hear. Are you ready? God is good. You are not. And what does a good God do with someone like you? So thankful God has grace and He's got mercy. And He's given us a gift. 
He's given you and I the choice of what we will do with that. Once again, God is good. You are not. And what does a good God do with you? Your seven-day challenge is this. Somebody said that I'm starting to get really bold when I preach. Here's your seven-day challenge. Share Jesus with somebody this week. One person. Share Jesus with one person this week. And hey, if you do not know how to do that, start the journey on learning. True confession from a confused pastor. I was working full-time at a church and did not know how to share my faith. Did not know how to tell someone to make a decision for Christ. Working full-time, getting paid, people looking at me, parents looking at me. And I was like, what do I say? What are the essence of salvation? I know I got it, I just don't know how to express it. (laughs) I was on staff at a church. I didn't know it. But I began a journey. Went to some training. Started reading. Finding the answers. It doesn't come easy. But I believe you can do it. I believe every person in this room can do it. Can you imagine if everyone in this room talked to somebody this week about Jesus or invited them to church or prayed for them in some way and the word Jesus was mentioned, if all of us did that, do you understand the impact that that could have on someone who's been thinking about killing themselves? Someone dealing with depression? The impact on somebody going, you know what, I'm done. I'm just going through the motions. I just hate everybody. Can you imagine the impact if we all would just share Jesus one person, one time this week? And if you don't know how, please, don't feel guilty because I was on staff and didn't know how to do it. That was over 20 years ago. And if you need help with that, we got people who can help you. I can help you. We got people who can walk you through evangelism training and how to share your faith, how to put together your testimony. But ladies and gentlemen, the problem with our society lays at our feet. It's not the fault of our government. present or past presidents lays at the feet of those of us who say Jesus is Lord, He's the hope of the world and we keep our mouth shut about it. So that's your challenge this week. And I want the Holy Spirit to deal with you in some way in that area. Father, I come to you right now having completed what you gave to me. Lord, my heart breaks to see what's happening in our society. 
and knowing that you are the answer. Jesus, you are the hope of the world. Without you, Father, there is no hope. So as Hosea declared in chapter 6, return to the Lord. Lord, that's about us. Those of us who call you Lord, we need to return to you and understand when Jesus said to go into all the world and make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father and Son and Holy Spirit and teaching them to observe everything I have commanded. He was serious. Lord, implant upon our hearts and our minds. Give us the opportunity. Challenge us. Make us uncomfortable. Take us to a place where we're no longer judgmental of those who are acting like they're lost. Help us, Father, love those who are ugly. Help us love those who are engaged in the very things we talked about, we read in Scripture today, those who are cursing, slanderous, and they're murderers, and there are, there are just violence on top of violence. They don't know what truth is. God, it boils back to the knowledge of you. Violence is a result of a society without a God, the true God. God, move today. God, what I'm praying for is revival to take place in the hearts of people so that they will tell those who are lost about you. Oh, God, our society will never get better without an absolute move of the Holy Spirit and Jesus Christ coming into the lives of people. God, do your work among your people today and among those who may not have found that justification and redemption through Jesus Christ. May today be the day that that happens. And Lord, for someone who may have received you as Christ, but they're still struggling with depression and thoughts of self-harm or suicide, God, they're loved. God, we want to embrace them and let them know that you love them and we love them. And we can all get through this together. Oh, God. I'm a fixer and I like to fix things. And I cannot fix our society, but you can. So, God, I cry out today. Use my 18-inch circle to share Jesus with someone this week. This morning, if you would like to come and pray for our society, our culture, if you want to come and pray for your neighbor, if you want to come pray for yourself, if you want to come pray for your family, let me tell you something. God will hear. God says to return to Him. He says to cry out 
and he will listen. Would you stand? Would you move? Would you come right now? And let's turn our hearts and our lives. Let's pray for our nation. Let's pray for our culture. Let's pray for our society. Let's pray for the people down the street and up the street. Pray for the people in Chicopee. Let's pray for the people in Gainesville. Let's pray for the people we pick up on the bus. Let's pray for their parents. Let's pray. Let's pray that God will move to change this community through us, first and foremost, through the gospel of Jesus Christ. Would you come right now? Would you just give your heart to God and surrender and let Him do what He needs to do within you in your 18 inches to change the world? Kenny, would you sing? Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch can we see twas grace that taught my heart to fear and grace my fears relieved how precious did and that grace appeared the chains are gone and I've been set free my God my Savior has ransomed me and like a flood his mercy reigns unending Listen, this is the message the world needs to hear. The Lord has promised good to me. His word, my hope, secures. Can proclaim. My chains are gone, and I've, I've been, been set free. My God, my Savior, has ransomed me. And like a flood, His mercy
as snow the sun forbear to shine but God but God who called me that loud. My God, my Savior has ransomed me, and like a flood, His mercy reigns, unending love, sing that again. amazing grace, my chains are gone, I've been set free my God my Savior has ransomed me and like a flood His mercy reigns unending love amazing I'm so thankful for God's amazing grace. Ladies and gentlemen, you will be encountering people this week that needs that. Don't be ashamed. Just simply, if it's nothing else, say, I have hope because of Jesus.